Welcome to the Simple Walk Podcast. We're Craig and Diane Brown, and in today's episode, we'll be continuing our conversation about 2 Timothy 2, which talks about who we should be fellowshipping with and when we should walk away. Let's get started. So in last week's episode, which was episode 28, called Useful for the Master, we went through basically 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 22. But what we really wanted to do was go even further in 2 Timothy 2. So we're going to continue that conversation today. Yeah. In Verse 20, we talked about how it says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. And we thought that talking about like, what exactly is the significance of gold and silver? In relation to the, like the refining process right? in, in our lives, huh? In our spirits. Yeah. Yes. So that that's just really fascinating when you start to look at gold, how it's refined, what they have to do to refine it. And Craig, you found some interesting information about it. about gold and the heat, uh, the process, like the temperature, 1943 degrees. Yes. Pretty intense, huh? So they have to heat up the gold, which is found in rock or sand or whatever. Or, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you process it. A lot of times they mined, or in the old days, they would, most of the time, would get it out of sand and they would use a process of the gold would fall to the bottom and they would, you know, stuff like that. So that just like they do with panning for gold. Yeah, exactly. Similar, you know? I mean, we've had pans before where you go down to the river and you try and kind of shake it and see yeah. if there's any little gold flakes pretty, pretty in fun. it. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times that's how it happened, but they would gather the gold and they would heat it up and the, and the hotter that it got, it would get the impurities out. They would heat it up to get rid of those impurities that you talked about to make it into that shiny gold. Yes. Well, the the hotter it became, the more impurities are refined out of it. So it becomes a very pure and very valuable. The The more refining that it goes through, the more valuable it becomes. So you get it down to where you have no impurities in the gold and it's pure gold. My goodness, that's the most valuable gold there is. And I love how the word connects that process to the process that we go through in our spirits. It's true. So do you want to look at real quick? We could look at Malachi 3. Three, just check out what that says in re- relation to this process that we go through. So Malachi 3, verses 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. And that is so cool because his reference in there, I, I, there's a couple things in verse verse two where it talks about and like launderer's soap. That's pretty interesting, right? It's pretty cool because if you think about it. It's cleaning us. Yes, <laughs> we're being washed clean. We're getting yes. this filth off of us, you know. <laughs> like we've talked about so many times, uh, the process that Jesus brought to us, he gave us the ability to be cleansed, to be set free from our flesh. But our flesh is pretty filthy, right? It's anti-God. It's It wants to do everything I want to do, everything, nothing that 
that God wants to do, pretty much. So the whole word is talking about us being refined and transformed and useful right. for the master. <laughs> yes, exactly right. It's really important to really capture the uh, process that we go through, that God has for us to go through of refining, getting cleansed, getting in this place. And I love how it says in verse 3 there in Malachi, in chapter 3, verse 3, it says, and, he, and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. In other words, the only thing that really has any merit before God is his righteousness, that we in and of ourselves, by surrendering ourselves and allowing the process of the refining to go on inside of us, he infuses his nature into our nature. So only his nature inside of us is the only thing that matters before the throne of God, bringing his nature, the Holy Spirit in us, through our character and nature, lifting that up before the throne of God. And so then we can make an offering in righteousness. We can bring righteousness back to him in all that we do and say, and he loves that about us. Last time we ended with verse 22, we discussed it uh, a bit, and we wanted to move on uh, to 23 through 26 in 2 Timothy 2. Mm-hmm. But, but we it, kind of have to start back with 22, right? We kind of to, do, yes, where it says to flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, remember that the pursue righteousness has to do with our works, our, we need to have a righteous... Well, pursue is an action word. It is an action so, word. And it's something that we have to do. No one can do it for us. We have to pursue. That's right. We pursue righteousness. And we also pursue faith, which is towards God, right? So we, in our world around us, we pursue righteousness, but we also pursue faith, which is towards God. And then we also, we pursue releasing the love of God to those around us. So those three actions, when you apply those things, The disposition of those three things is peace. We're going to have the peace of God surrounding us all of the time we're in this relationship with him. So you want to also pursue those things, but with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. And that means the fellowship that you should have with the people around you have the same purpose. They have the same intent. Their life is set apart unto the Lord. Their life is set apart and they're pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. So if you think about the peaceful environment that you're going to have, right? So that's what God wants to protect here. So he's going on and he'll show us a couple of things to where we don't want to be around. Okay. Well, let's, you know, even in Proverbs, um, The word talks about being careful about who you hang around with, basically being careful about who you fellowship with, because we need to be with people who we can edify and who can edify us. It's very true. So it's important. It doesn't mean that we don't ever talk to other people. I mean, certainly we have to be that light to other people. It goes on in verse 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Yes, exactly. So it's... um. Foolish means dull, you know, so you avoid dull disputes or uses, actually the Greek uses the word stupid, but it's, or unintelligent, (laughs) right? There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Unintelligent, absurd, disregarding of the truth. So in other words, they're foolish. What comes out of their mouth doesn't uh, carry any sense about it. So if you're going back to... um 
verse 23, where those people that we're fellowshipping with who are of like mind and Mm -hmm. everything, that the word is talking about here. No, it's talking about when we come in contact with people who are constantly prodding against the Spirit of God. And so let's look at that next thing when it says in verse 23, avoid ignorant and foolish disputes, knowing that they generate strife. It's um, the ignorant is uneducated. So you don't want to get into a dispute with somebody who does not have the revelation of the Holy Spirit inside of them that is not surrendered to Christ and their faith is not in God and their their relationship with God is not there. So they because can't they possi- can't understand. They can't they can't possibly. And so the no. flesh wars against the Spirit of God. So the flesh can raise up itself in their own intelligence. So they're following their own mind and will. So they think they've got it all figured out. So they're going to argue with you against this. And so it's really important to make sure that you don't get around or engage with people that are going to argue against the love and the joy and the peace of God's Holy Spirit. I know there's people who spend time trying to arm themselves against the arguments that might come knocking at their door, literally. Right. But I know you and I have talked about that before, that really the only way to arm ourselves against any kind of um, conversation against the word is to have the word just implanted in us and to, you know, to be transformed. Really is the key. There's no substitute. I, I always say that it's going off on a tangent. When you use your time to Um, try to study and intellectually come up with a formula inside of your mind where you're countering some other, uh, some person when they come at you, you're somehow intellectually trying to understand how you can counter their position. And that is absolutely contrary to the way the Holy Spirit works. God wants us to have his Holy Spirit through the Word of God, that is, like like we talked about in the last episode, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And that's 24-7. It's exactly. not just when someone knocks on your door wanting to, to convince you about their religion or their position or something like that. That is going off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. It's not what God intends for us. He wants us to study the Word of God so that in season and out of season, no matter what the case may be, the nature and character of Christ is coming out of us. Some people feel that they have a mission in life that I'm going to become equipped to do this certain thing, and it's one picture, one frame. And I would say you need to really, really pray about what you're thinking because you really need to allow the Holy Spirit to transform your entire being so that every single aspect of your life, every moment of your day is in for His glory. And if in fact, coming in contact with those areas that you might feel passion toward, when you come in contact with those moments in time, then the Holy Spirit is going to give you wisdom in that moment to be able to counter what you're coming against. Nothing is ever predictable. Everything is always unpredictable. And that's why the Holy Spirit has to be at the forefront. That's why the Bible says, he who is led of the Spirit is like the wind. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is led of the Spirit. Nothing is predictable. 
everything is always unpredictable in life because it's got a flow and a, and it's moving at its own pace. So we have to just allow the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom for every single moment. And then when you look at verse 24, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach. Exactly right. Patient, and out into 25, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. Right. And so verse 24, when it says, excuse me, could you read that just one more time? And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all able to teach, patient. You know, when it says, I love the absoluteness of that, must not quarrel. Mm -hmm. That is really, really something that we seem to forget that the word tells us you must not quarrel. Right. You know, (laughs) it says um, able to teach in humility, but in verse, verse 24, where it says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. The The key here is that Philippians 4, 5, it says, Let your gentleness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. This is talking about you must not quarrel. Just like I got done talking about how the Holy Spirit moves through our lives, you must not quarrel, but you must allow the gentleness of God to be known to all men in your life so that God can move through you in that moment, and it doesn't become a quarrel, it actually becomes wisdom that's going to solve the problem. Either you speak or you don't speak. And you know what? Sometimes you speak wisdom, and people still don't get it. It's so that's exactly when right. you that's when you walk away. Well, and you have to, let's finish reading this. Watch this. Able to teach. So it's saying, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all able to teach, if you're gentle, then that shows respect to the person you're dealing with. When you come at them with a gentle spirit, you're showing respect. And that gives you the ability, in most cases, you will find, especially when the Holy Spirit is leading you, you will find that they aren't bristled to react against you. They actually, it it causes them, their energy to allow you to speak, able to teach, patient, And so when you speak in patience, you're knowing that the Word of God is the one that is leading you. And so when you speak... And it also says in humility. Yes, exactly. (laughs) In humility. So you're not trying to to prove something by your point of view, your intellectual preparedness. But Mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're operating from a position of surrender to the Holy Spirit's leading in that moment. Must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patient, you know, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The Holy, that's, it says that in James first chapter, it says patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. Now notice that it's God who does the granting. You allow the Holy Spirit through your life to do the work. Don't quarrel, be gentle. Be patient, be humble, and let the Holy Spirit do the work. You're recognizing that, God, you're going to grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses. But that's only going to happen if the Holy Spirit does it. That's the cool thing about this picture. It's like we forget this, that it's even in the scriptures half the time, because people think, I've just got to go out and, you know, it's war, we're going to fight, you know. But no, the Holy Spirit, this is his fight, Mm -hmm. but he wants to do it through us, but he 
wants to do it through our humility and our surrendered life to him so that he can do it. If we get in the way, like so often we do, if we get in the way, then it's going to only cause confusion. It's going to, there's a self-seekingness about it, and it just messes up everything. We want to let the Holy Spirit do the work. And it says that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. That's really quite a picture. But that's what happens when you get all these people that are intellectually fighting and warring against God. They don't understand God. They don't understand his beauty. And a lot of times they they think that they're warring for God. <laughs> a lot of times that's what many religions, if you look well, at Well, I mean, if you right? look at the Pharisees and, mm-hmm. you know, exactly Jesus. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the right. Pharisees were like totally warring for God right. in their minds. Well, there's great, great church history that shows thinking they were doing service to God when they were just annihilating yes. the innocent. Yes. So um, this is the the wars of religion are horrible. Mm-hmm. And it comes from this place of thinking that they have to or they are doing. See, letting God do it through you, true religion is not doing something for God. It's God doing something through you. It's allowing his presence through your life to manifest itself in the earth. Thy kingdom come. You're looking up to him and you're saying, Lord, thy kingdom come through me. Have your Holy Spirit. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not about me doing something. I'm, I don't intellectually go out and do just because I think I can't, that's what I'm supposed to do. I do because your Holy Spirit has instructed me to do through your word, and it's filled with his love and his goodness and his kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. You're just allowing the process to unfold as God deems it necessary because he alone can bring salvation to them, and he alone can cause them to escape the snare of the devil. And so that's our mission in life. And I think this really does kind of wrap up the conversation from last week. We felt like we left it hanging in a certain sense and knew that we needed to finish up this second Timothy chapter two. So so true. We hope that it rounded it out and filled in between all the lines. And Yes, exactly right. We just want you to know how much we love you and we pray for you. And we just thank you so much for being with us. And God bless you. And we will see you on the next episode.